Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CP4 Wednesday, December 9th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, I'm joined by my co-host, John DeShazer, and he is the guest today. What's up, JD? Don't be trying to hype it up like that, like you had, like, like people lined up and, you know. I've been planning this for weeks. I'm, I'm just like the last resort. I don't mind that, you know, but you, can, you, ain't, you, know, you ain't got to hit me up. That is not true. I've been planning this for weeks. You've been on my calendar. Just yeah. today. Some one-on-one time with my guy, my co-host. Yeah, yeah that's why I heard about it 10 minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Not true. Stop spreading lies on this podcast. All right, so today's podcast is going to be predominantly quarterback-oriented, obviously. Big news from Saints camp and big news from Eagles camp. But before we get started in that, J.D., uh, I have to ask you, because I don't think I've ever asked you this question. You've been watching football for uh, a long time now, a really long time, because you were – Really old, but anyway, um, who is your favorite quarterback? Uh, well, I would say something that I probably couldn't put on the podcast if you're talking about my age. But, but <laughs> growing up, uh, growing up, and, and you know, Joe Montana, I'll, and I'll say that because uh, growing up, um, I was a Jerry Rice lover, and so mm-hmm. I was throwing him the ball. Uh, Jerry Rice is probably my favorite all-time player and a frat brother come on and so you know yeah joe montana's my dude we're just letting anyone on these this podcast know (laughs) (laughs) um i would have to say mine is probably troy aikman obviously i'm from dallas uh troy aikman actually funny enough was my first chapter book uh, I read a book on Troy Aikman, so that um, mm. that ages me a bit. But anyway, moving on. So obviously the big news from Saints camp today, it was reported by Ian Rappaport earlier that Saints quarterback Drew Brees is progressing well in his rehab from a lung puncture and fractured ribs. He won't practice much, if at all, today, I'm told, and that is today as in Wednesday. He is eligible to come off IR now. They could ramp him up Thursday to see how he feels, but more a more realistic target is to be uh, – is to be – him playing in week 15. So um, you're the inside source for us, JD. Have you heard anything other than what Ian Rappaport just reported on? Uh, no, and I, you know, I didn't need Ian to tell us that. Um, I, I was, you know, I saw him on the practice field last week. Um, he was not obviously working out with the team, but he was doing some stuff on the side. Um, really light stuff. Um, you know, didn't see him during the portion of practice that was uh, available to the media today uh, where we could see. So yeah, I would think I, this week would be, you know, one, somewhat optimistic. Two, you're playing a really good team uh, in Philadelphia that runs, rushes the passer and hits the hits the quarterback a lot. So you probably don't want to put him to the hazard there. And, and three, they're three and over without him so far. Uh, so why not run it back uh, with Taysom Hill and see if you can get to four and oh and, and give him just another week to heal up a little bit more, uh, get those ribs firmed up more and, and feel better especially because the Saints are going to go on a rough stretch here with that Sunday game against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and then obviously the Christmas game against the Minnesota Vikings. So um, whatever Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton decide to do and the medical team, obviously, we, we trust what they say. So that was Saints camp. Moving on to Eagles camp, Doug Peterson went on the Eagles Insider podcast and announced that Jalen Hurts would be the starting quarterback for the Eagles this week. He uh, added a few things to that conference call on Wednesday. Just looking for something to just kind of get the offense in rhythm, try to click, and, and it, it's unfortunate, but usually the, the, the quarterback position is the, is the one change that you have to make, and, and I made it on Sunday, and then, of course, of course this week, but, you know, in Jalen's case, he's, he does have a, a unique skill set. He's, you know, he's, he's mobile, I mean, much like Carson, and, 
a good arm and and things of that nature. But I just just need him to go in there and just execute and run the offense and uh, you know just be Jalen Hurts and do the things that uh, you know got him to this level. Uh, you know, won him a couple college championships and um, just be just be him. Sean Payton as well knows what Hurts can do after scouting him in the draft last year. There's a an element of the running game that's unique, uh, and it's not just zone read. Some of that you, you obviously saw with Carson. Both of them, both of both of those guys are athletic guys that can make plays out of the pocket. And in fact, very they're very they're both very good out of the pocket. But there is an element of the run game that will be important for us this week and if if we're getting if we're getting some design quarterback runs um so yeah i mean they're 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 different um and yet we have to we have to defend the defense that we see and then have good eyes and be smart enough to see what's what's new that maybe we hadn't seen so, J.D., do you think the Saints team is equipped to handle a, a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who is starting his first NFL game against the number one ranked defense in the NFL? Well, of course they are. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, I'm sure they don't want to overblow this if you're the Saints. You don't want to appear to be, you know, overconfident. You don't want to be cocky. You don't want to be arrogant. Um, but if you're a Saints defender and you're going up against a rookie quarterback who's making his first start. Look, that's the kind of scenario you're looking for because, you know, obviously he has not seen uh, the kinds of things that the Saints might be able to throw at him defensively. So you hope to confuse him. You hope to get him rushed. You hope to make him, you know, uncomfortable in the pocket. You hope to be able to do a whole lot of things to him that the Saints have been able to do to veteran quarterbacks. I mean, look what they did to Tom Brady. Look what they did to Matt Ryan. So you figure with a, with a young quarterback, even more so, they should theoretically be able to confuse him. Now, the difference is this kid can run it. He can tuck it and he can run it. So, you know, you have to be cognizant of that. You know, he presents somewhat of a Taysom Hill threat, I guess, you know, in that, you know, he might be as dangerous when he when he pulls it down and you get him in some of those, you know, RPO situations or he might just scramble. Uh, so that you have to be cognizant of. But in the passing game, if you're the Saints, you you have to feel somewhat confident, I know, uh, even if you can't say it, you got to feel pretty good about it because you've got a guy who, again, making his first NFL start, has only thrown 15 passes in the NFL to this point. You've got to feel like you have the advantage uh, when you're the league's best defense since week nine in terms of points allowed, uh, in terms of rushing yards allowed, in terms of passing yards allowed, in terms of everything. <laughs> and so you have to feel pretty confident in what you're taking to Philadelphia to Lincoln financial field. Now, you and I have both seen Cam Jordan eat wings, so can I, I can only imagine Cam Jordan is in the locker room licking his fingers like you just got to finish eating some wings at the opportunity uh, to go against Jalen Hurts. Actually, a Saints media member uh, or New Orleans media member that we should all know, Fletcher Mackle from WDSU, tweeted earlier today, uh, here's a cool Saints stat from Talent Stats. All the quarterbacks who've made their first NFL start against NOLA on that list is Kyle Allen, Brent Hundley, RG3, Matthew Stafford and Matthew Schaub. So do you remember that RG3 game, J.D.? Uh, I do, and I believe RG3 in Washington won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. They didn't win it. They played extremely well. So, you know, but RG3 back then was the kind of quarterback that can give the Saints and a lot of teams trouble. He could throw it and he could run it, and that's something he did, and that's what 
Philadelphia is hoping from Jalen Hurts. They're hoping that he can run it. Um, those other quarterbacks, not quite as mobile or maybe not quite as run prone as RG3 or as Hurts. You know, guys who were mobile, Kyle Allen and Brett Hundley, but I don't know if, that they were the runners that these two guys are. Uh, Jalen Hurts ran for 20 touchdowns last year at Oklahoma, his senior season. Um, he ran for 20 plus touchdowns in his first two seasons at Alabama. He doesn't mind running the football. And one probably one of the reasons he's starting is because Philadelphia's offensive line has been so bad. He gives you a chance to make something out of nothing, to create something with his legs when the protection breaks down. That's probably what they're hoping for. And if you're the Saints, you want to make him hold the ball that one tick longer so that Cam Jordan can get there. Or, you know, David Onyemata or Trey Hendrickson or Marcus Davenport, who I expect to be back this week, or Sheldon Rankins, who's back in the lineup. They've got a formidable front, the Saints, and a great rotation. So you want to be able to confuse him, make him hold it a little bit longer, and be able to get to him in the pocket. The Eagles are 3-8-1 and one right now. That is their record. And before the Hurts news, maybe you thought that this Eagles game would be, you know, an easier game for the Saints. But with a new quarterback, uh, a defense that's playing pretty well right now, it seems like the Eagles might have a little bit of new life, especially going against the Saints team. And they might really just want to rise to the challenge of of beating a Saints team like the uh, the Steelers lost to the Washington, the Washington football team last week. I mean, it's really any game given Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, you put in a new quarterback. That's supposed to energize the offense because obviously that's the linchpin to the offense. That's the most important guy. So you change out that position, you're looking for a boost of adrenaline. Uh, frankly, uh, I'll be honest, if I'm the Saints, maybe I would like to see Carson Wentz because, you know, he was in a, a kind of a bad groove there. Mm. Uh, you no, know, he was getting sacked a lot. He was turning the football over. And he was getting consistently uh, to the point where he was turning it over and taking sacks and they weren't playing well. You throw in this new guy, this wild card. And again, you got to make him play bad, but that's the thing. You got to make him play bad. And so, you know, he'll offer some elements that not that the Saints aren't equipped to deal with it. I mean, they've got guys who are fast, you know, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis. You don't, you're not fearful of a quarterback necessarily taking off all the time. And, And again, he's a young guy. So if you're the Saints, you might be able to do some base things and just kind of keep things in front of you and wait for them to make a mistake. But the problem with that is also, you know, you might get him into a rhythm. So, you know, if you heat him up and if he gets out of it, he can run a long ways. He, he, he's pretty versatile from that standpoint, pretty agile. So he gives you something if you're Philadelphia uh, and the way they were going, if you're Philly, you're saying, okay, our franchise quarterback is Carson Wentz, and he is still the franchise franchise quarterback. They're, they're paying him too much money to say he's not. Right. And he's getting the stuffing beat out of him every week. Uh, and so, you know, and he's losing his confidence, and he's losing games. So you get a chance to get him out. Dang, beat a man while he's down, J.D. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm just, no, you get him out of the lineup. You get a, you know, you get a chance to sit back, probably heal up some physically and, and mentally from that standpoint because – Again, he was not playing well, but nobody around him was playing well. So you put in a new guy, and worst case scenario, uh, Carson Wentz gets you know a week off, and he doesn't take the beating, the absolute beating that he was taking uh, on in the NFL every week, every week, every week. So if nothing else, you get to heal up a little bit. You know what? 
if I knew you when I was younger, I would never want to come around you if I ever played a bad game because you would just kick me uh, mean, down, man. Now, Carson Wentz is the first person who knows he hadn't played well. And Doug Peterson knows he hadn't played well, otherwise he wouldn't pull him out of the lineup. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's pretty obvious and evident that he played bad. So now they're just trying to get to a point where, you know, again, you can maybe re rebuild his confidence uh, and you don't necessarily always rebuild a guy's confidence by taking him out of the lineup. But again, he was being physically beaten up out there. And, and at some point, he might not have been able to take much more of it. And again, you throw in just something different. You know, you can change out the left tackle. What does that do for an offense? You know, that's not a, a sparkly move. You can change out a running back. That's not a sparkly move. The sparkly move is to change quarterbacks and to kind of put everybody on notice, you know, and hope that you can you can inject some adrenaline. No, that's fair. That's fair, J.D. And maybe like you have always said, maybe I'm being a little too soft. But um, when you look at this Saints defense, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with this. The last big tight end performance we've seen against the Saints team is was Darren Waller with the Raiders, correct? Probably, yeah. So I'm wondering, you know, Zach Ertz came back from injury for the Eagles. He didn't necessarily have a huge game. He hasn't really had a, a breakout game this season um, for the Eagles. But knowing the caliber of talent that Zach Ertz has and knowing that Jalen Hurts is a is a younger player, younger quarterback, do you think we could see that connection just because of the confidence he might have in Zach Ertz? Well, but does he have the chemistry with Zach Ertz? And the Saints obviously know that Zach Ertz is, is a huge target. So, you know, they put a bullseye on him and say, okay, if nothing else, we'll take this guy away and we'll see if he can beat us with some other people. So, you know, the Saints are pretty pretty aware of, of Zach Ertz and who he is. They played against him. They know how, how effective he can be. So if you're the Saints, that's the first guy you want to take away. Oh, well, of course, you want to take away the run first uh, because if he's got a good running game, then there's not a lot of pressure on him. He can, he can have a lot of things at his disposal. But, you know, once you do that, Zach Ertz is the next guy that you have to be able to take away because he's a great security blanket. He's a really good player, and he especially is a good player for a young quarterback who's trying to find his way. You know, J.D., something I thought was interesting on Sean Payton's conference call on Wednesday is he mentioned Malcolm Jenkins uh, with the Saints, and he, he said, I never should have left, let him leave the building. Uh, you saw Malcolm Jenkins when he was first with the Saints. What were your thoughts when you heard Sean Payton say that this morning or Wednesday morning? Yeah. Yeah, he, he said that before, and he's admitted it was a mistake. And usually, you know, and it was, you know, he admitted it was a mistake before he even got Malcolm Jenkins back. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Jenkins was a versatile player. Um, he came in at cornerback, ended up moving to safety. And what Saints fans remember is the San Francisco game where, you know, they put, you know, basically all the blame on he and Roman Harper for San Francisco running up a whole lot of yards and going up and down the field, when in actuality, the total defensive breakdown that allowed that. But he was a versatile defender. He's always been a leader. Um, you can see that by the way he just moves in the locker room. And he's a guy who, who, who re, you know, Sean Payton said, you know, you see it. He's smart. He's a smart player. He's a versatile player. You can play him in a lot of positions. And so getting him back and adding him to this defense, I think as good as Vaughn Bell was last year, and I thought Vaughn, Vaughn Bell had a really good year last year at safety, but Malcolm Jenkins, is just a little bit better. He covers a little bit better. Uh, he's just got more knowledge. Uh, he knows how to get around the football and just be in the right place. And you see him make a lot of right plays, especially now that he's gotten more comfortable in Dennis Allen's defensive scheme. So yeah, it was a mistake letting him get out of the building. And sometimes it, it, sometimes it happens. You know, you, you might undervalue a guy and sometimes a guy is more valuable to you 
than he is to another team, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so sometimes the price is worth it to keep him in your building rather than let him get away. And I think the Saints found that out in the in the you know three, four, five years that Malcolm Jenkins was gone. As a millennial, I very much appreciated the fact that Sean Payton said he DM'd uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I sent him a DM. That was that was fantastic. I loved every part of that. Um, last question before we let you go, JD. Eagles defense second in the league in sacks. They lead the league in pressures. Uh, left tackle Teron Armstead was back in practice on Wednesday for the Saints. Do you think this offensive line is where they were maybe mid-season for the Saints and you know being as strong as ever? Well, I'll tell you what, they, they better be because Fletcher Cox and those guys bring it. And Fletcher Cox is lining up on the interior. And whether it's Nick Easton or Cesar Ruiz or um, Eric McCoy or Andrews Pete, all of those guys, Fletcher Cox brings it. And he brings it every game. Uh, I saw him almost single-handedly destroy the Saints in Philly a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, just wreaked havoc they couldn't block him uh, he had two or three sacks in that game caused a couple of fumbles just a menace in that game and he's still the same guy so however good this offensive line has been and it's been really good lately it's going to need to be at least as good on sunday because this is arguably the best defensive line that they're going to see they've seen some decent some good players individual across the board across the line this might be the best line that they'll, that they'll see. All right, JD, as always, you provide the analysis. Great job. Thank you, man. All right, that'll do it for the Wednesday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We'll have much more on the episode on Friday, so make sure you tune in ahead of the Saints versus Eagles game on Sunday. For Caroline Gonzalez, John Shazer, thanks so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.